But oh, that's my phone. Pause. Wheat Ridge Lutheran Church, Pastor Eli. This is Google. I just talked to Google. I'm gonna press one. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm actually on a podcast right now, and you're on the podcast too. I said I'm on a podcast right now, um, but you're on the podcast too. I, I stopped the podcast so I could uh, talk to you. Yeah. Oh, the podcast is about the person of Jesus, the two natures of Jesus. I'm actually a pastor. So uh, we're talking about the, the divine nature and the human nature of Jesus. Well, there you go. There you go. But I, I got to be honest, uh, I got to get back to the podcast, though. Okay, you have a good day, sir. All right. Are we going to do this? <sighs> All right. So. Good um, morning, Internet. No, we're not ready yet. No, we're, let's no, do it. We don't even know where we're going. I do. But. I, I, okay, no, I let's go. We'll That's usually it. Yeah, um, we are the uncultured saints. I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it. Uh, I'm Pastor Goodman, and joining me this day Pastor is Lisa. in a great mood as yes. always. Um, as always. <laughs> all right. So last week we talked about uh, the Lord's Supper and whether or not um, we actually, with our mouths, received the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Because there were those that said it was not something that we actually ate. It was just sort of a, a spiritual reception. By eating the body and blood of Jesus, they mean not eating. Um, and this is the problem we, we play with words so that we can get out of things. Um, it's sort of like saying, I cleaned my room, but I didn't clean the closet. It's sort of like saying that we have food at home, but when I get there and look, there's like old Ritz crackers and American cheese. And I I, I guess... better we, than Velveeta. That's true. Um, Velveeta is, is, if you look at it, it says it's, uh, it's processed cheese foods. So it's the food that cheese eats. That's what Velveeta is. I never thought about that's it that what, way. That's what Velveeta is. That's, uh, yeah, yeah that's deep. Yeah, that, that's deeper than we're going today. Um, when Zwingli said that, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, I know you want me to be that guy, but I, 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 I would do anything for this podcast. <laughs> but you won't do that. I won't do that. No. <laughs> No, you won't. That's okay. So yeah, it's like uh, go ahead and say it. the uh, go for it with the uh, food in your your house, but it's just Ritz crackers. Uh, and and so what it was though was um, the opponents w- would say then Jesus was totally present in the Lord's Supper according to his divine nature, but not according to his human exactly. nature. Because you know, like God is everywhere, man. So like, let's all not worry about it so yeah. much. Um, anytime somebody tells you God is everywhere or ends a theological statement in man, just question <laughs> everything that they have to say uh, on, a, on a really fundamental level. And the level. peace of the Lord um, be with you always, man. Man. Um, <laughs> legal advice, um, don't, don't end it with man. <laughs> just, just 
second guess anybody who, who decides that um, that any of these these uh, pieces of advice or information should begin with the word yo or end with the word right. man. Just reject those exactly. out of hand. Um, when we say God is everywhere, that's not a helpful statement. That's not a useful statement. And I don't even know that that's an entirely proper statement anymore. I'm not saying that there's nowhere God couldn't be, but I'm saying that might not be the best way to talk when God insists on locating himself physically. Well, yeah, it, it, doesn't, you know I mean? it doesn't help. It, it doesn't help anybody. No. In, in, it only confuses It confuses topic. not just this topic. I think it confuses every topic. And, and it allows for people to be very lazy with, uh, for lack of a better term, very lazy with their faith, very uh, lazy with a lot of things, with their theology. And it also allows people a lot of uh, uh, cop-outs, right? Uh, maybe uh, I'm going off the, the rails just a bit here, but <clears throat> how often have you, have you spoken to somebody who says, well, you don't need uh, the church uh, to be religious, and I'm closer to God with nature? Because he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's with me when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm climbing a mountain. I love communion with God that way. Right? That it, it, it's it's theologically lazy, and and yes, he's everywhere. But in in what sort of way? In that way, it's just a terrifying way. Right? The God who's everywhere, like that's not just man. That's not just when when you want him to be man. That's. That's that's when you don't want him to be there too, man. Right. And I mean that that's the problem. Is that it, it makes actually bad things a whole lot harder to explain. Um not only do you try and not find God anywhere good, but then you also insert him all the bad places and it gets really uncomfortable. Like God was there when the tornado ripped your house in half. Um, God was there when your wife died of cancer. What was he doing? How was he helping? Oh, he was there. He was there. Even, Harrison, he was there. Man. Man. Man, he man. was there. Uh, but even in the Old Testament, God would always locate himself in a way that was, um, well, Real. Yeah. visible, tangible, um, interact withable. Um, even when he was in the pillar of cloud and fire, like we could look and say, all right, the Lord is present here. When, when there was the Holy of Holies, that, that he would um, put himself in a box, um, just saying, that... Even then, God would Wasn't locate Wasn't he technically himself. on the box, on the mercy seat? Okay. Yeah. So. I, I know, but I don't like that, that whole you can't put God in a Cause box. Because God, God put himself uh, in a box? Yeah. He did. He, he went behind the curtain of his own volition um, so that he could interact with us in specific ways for specific purposes. Because, yes, God is certainly all-powerful. And I'm not saying the tornado and the cancer are out of his control. I'm not rejecting that God is, is um, in control of all things. But I am saying that when he interacts with you and with me, he's always done it in, in a way that, that actually includes revelation. Um, an, an all-present God in the midst of a, a tornado is a very scary God. I, I, I want a God who's, like you said, has actually located himself in the midst of cancer. Uh, a God who's, who's actually uh, personable, not, not one who's just uh, this omnipresent spirit everywhere. Right, and that doesn't actually remove him from the storm. In fact, it, when you read the Gospels, you find Jesus himself in the flesh being placed inside of the storm and then calming it. When you have just sort of God is everywhere and there's bad stuff happening, I don't know. God is at best a, a bad guy um, and, and at worst um, 
I, I don't know, just a, a bored kid. Um, yeah, who's 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 Bernie, like almost Bernie Nance a with a magnifying glass. Yeah, I would almost rather have the bad guy who's at least twisting a mustache while he does this stuff to to just say he doesn't care at all is is maddening. Um, but we have a god who actually physically locates himself inside of the storm and then addresses it. We do have a god who even here today for us um, puts himself inside of the storm and then addresses us. I, I know this um, because did I tell you the story of, of my, my good friend, Pastor Maiklin, who had his church ripped in half by a tornado here? Are, are you asking me or are you asking internet? Yeah, because I can't remember. Well, I didn't know if you were asking internet. I don't internet remember what I said. I don't know if internet. Well, you, you've been with me on the internet, no, so well. you're my accountability partner here. I love that. Yeah. No, that's great. Accountability. Yeah. Have I told that yeah. story, though? No. Um, my, my, my buddy, um, Pastor Maiklin, uh, was, was serving a parish about 20 miles from me, and a tornado literally ripped his town in half. Like, half the town was just gone, including his church. And God was present, even in the midst of that storm. Not simply because we can say that, you know, the, the death and destruction could have been worse, but because that's a horrible thing. To, well, it could have been worse. I mean, yeah, but it could have been better, too. Um, but I know this because after this, the storm finally calmed, uh, we went out into a cornfield and found his communion chalice. And it was kind of bent and it wouldn't even stand up on the altar anymore. So we had to hold it. But the, the next day they had it was Sunday. They had communion out in the, the rubble. And God, again, placed himself into the storm, into the wreckage, into the disaster, and he forgave sins. It's, it's almost and, as if when Jesus says, uh, and lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age, uh, he means so in not a mystical, uh, spiritual uh, sort of way. But uh, no, here right. I am, right there. Like physically, yeah. um, that I can say not just the divine nature, God is everywhere, but God is here. In, in human nature and divine nature because God became man. And um, since becoming man, he is both God and man. This is one of those theological topics that we kind of struggle with. And you see it when you almost, as a pastor, don't want to ask your people, who is Jesus? Because you're afraid of the answers you're going to get. You know yeah, because I mean? uh, uh, most of the time they're not going to be very good. Yeah, and I mean, they might maybe capture part of it sometimes, somewhere. Um, well, he did miracles. Well, he, he died on the cross. He he walked with me and talked with me. And... It's a, it's I very a rarely hear, though. It's a garden. It's a good... I, I, I very rarely hear, he's God, made man to die and rise for my justification and salvation. I remember at seminary, uh, Professor Quill once told me, he was he was the guy who did a bunch of mission stuff and i'm gonna butcher the story so uh none of the details are are true but <laughs> he was somewhere uh not america and he was talking to someone who wasn't american About something no no, no. uh but uh, the individual wasn't uh, he wasn't a, an orthodox lutheran didn't didn't uh didn't subscribe to any orthodox theology and uh asked Professor Quill, uh, what or who God is, and through through the interpreter, uh, all Professor Quill did was recite the Apostles' Creed. That's all he did. Yeah. What else? That's that's why we have the yeah. creed, so that when people ask us who God is, we can actually give answer. Yeah. And and that second article talks exactly about what we're talking about today, the person of Christ. 
Right. Um, and the, the problem comes when we, we start to, to play with these words. So when Zwingli would have no problem at all saying Jesus is present in the Lord's Supper, when he says Jesus, he doesn't mean the whole Jesus. He means part of Jesus. I, you can't do that. Yeah. No, and, and I'm curious if he would even say, I would. I'm curious if he if he would even say Jesus. I think he would say Christ. I'm curious if if, yes. if he if he right. would. That's a better. Yeah, approach. because right because the incarnate name Jesus. Yeah, You're right. That's an important. Because for him, I think Jesus was uh, was going to be the human the the human nature, and then you've got the Son of God, divine nature. So when you say Christ is present, he'd say, Oh yeah, Christ is present in the Lord's Supper. What I mean by that is really just in his divinity, because there's no possible way that his humanity could be there. His body can't be there. Why? Because it's super glued up in heaven on the right hand of the Father. Which, by right, the so way... I mean, your if, spirit can go up there, but his spirit can't come down well, here. I totally so, get it. <laughs> but, but yeah, there, there's a bigger issue at that. Um, if, if, yeah. if he's up there on the right hand of the Father uh, for, what, 2,000 years now? Uh, the father's right hand has to be falling asleep by now. <laughs> right. I, right? This is worse than the bitmoji of me that you made. <laughs> That's how bad I feel about that joke. <laughs> You've been sending me a bitmoji of myself all week, and I'm more perturbed right now. <laughs> that was a big. That was a big lead into that joke too. It was like I was waiting for some profound <laughs> theological point, and you're like, "Nope, dad joke." <laughs> it's the best kind of jokes. The ones that sneak yeah. up on you. Okay, uh -huh. so take the joke aside. There is something bigger uh, at issue. If if he's uh, if he's stuck up there, uh, then you don't get Jesus. You don't get Christ. You don't get the fullness of Christ. But this actually does have something to say, uh, bigger to say uh, about about everything that, that's being spoken about here. And we'll probably get back to what I, we were talking about earlier because to, to hit this joke, I ran through like 15 important parts to get that joke. But I nailed that joke. So it was, it was, yeah. all, it was all worth it. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but one, of, one of the things is uh, if, if, you, uh, if you don't have uh, the person of Christ, uh, then, you, then you don't have Christ. Uh, Luther, and Luther goes off on this too, uh, in in the formula of uh, of Concord, uh, in regards to this article, he goes off on this and and he says if if all I have is just the divinity in Christ doing stuff, uh, that's not that's not a Christ that I want. That's not a Christ that can actually do anything for me. Yeah. And I think it's true. That's all I got. It was it would have been better, but. Yeah. No, um, we do this other places in the world too, though, and it's it's always disingenuous. Um, whenever you use a word but you don't actually mean the word, it, it it's because you're trying to get away with something. Uh, that that's probably not a good place to have any honest discuss discussion, let alone one about God. And so we'll we'll do this with each other too. Um, and so we'll say things like, "I love you," but, and then, you're a real good pastor. Right. I totally believe you're my pastor, but I don't think God sent you to speak to me. Um, well, now, hang on. What do you mean by this? Or, or even just, 
one of the places where, where our confessions went, and, and certainly went past this, uh, because Christ's two natures are bigger than this, but we even talk about our body and our soul as if there are two completely distinct and separate things. So I can talk about myself, but not my soul, or I can talk about myself, at, but not my body, as if these two things weren't actually connected. What is with your body is with your soul. Um, Christ's two natures are, are more profound when they're joined together because they're so different, the divine and, and, and the so, human. But No, well, I, I to, to push on that, not push back yeah, on, it's an, on that, but to push on that. So, yeah. so what do we say... Uh, because I was, I was, I just recently did a funeral uh, with a with another Lutheran pastor, and and I I just did the sermon. That was it. Uh, so the other pastor did everything else. Um, what do we say? You I know it was pretty easy. Actually, it wasn't. But I would I would yeah. rather do a a funeral sermon than a wedding sermon any day. But yeah. uh, anyway, they can't complain. That's true. They can't, or or they will when I get to heaven, and then I'll then I'll get an earful. But otherwise, that's a problem for future. That's, that's future me. That's heaven me. Um, so no, what do we say uh, when uh, when people say things like at after death, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's not Mary. That's not Mary's body. There, that's just Mary's body. That's who is it? Not Mary. Right? Who 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 is yeah. it then? It, uh, it's just uh, I don't know. It's decomposing it's flesh. It's just decomposing right? flesh, which is well, nothing. Well, then why are you, why is why is it here? Yeah, why are we why why do like, we even care? Like that's the real question. Because you can say whatever you want to, but if it's just decomposing flesh, why are you putting pictures in a coffin with it? Yep. Um, why are why are we leaving tokens? Why are you having a funeral? Behind? Why do we have grave sites? Why do we have cemeteries? Why don't we just dump it all in a giant hole? And that should be a really offensive statement to you because the thing is, that still is the person. And that body there will, on the last day, rise. Yes. Whole and perfect and undefiled by sin and age and death and disease and all of that. But that body will rise. The, the reason that we're having this discussion after death um, in, in a much more troubled sense is because we all recognize this is not how it's supposed to be. The body and the soul are not supposed to be apart from one another. This is not right. And something needs to come along and fix this. Um, that, that the body has, has died means something really, really terrible has happened. Um, and so for us, then, we need to, to address this. We do that by stepping back and saying, well, what do you mean that's not her? Because it was her body that got baptized all those years ago. Where that, that's where she died. What to be baptized is to be united with Jesus in his death. And I do mean the whole Jesus, both the divine and the human nature. God died for your sins. No, this we're gonna get we're yeah, we're about. gonna get there because no, this is yeah. this is exactly what we're talking about. And then to also be united with Jesus, who in His body rose from the dead. So that means that this person who is laying here in this casket, they died many many years ago when they were baptized, and now we're finally waiting for the last resurrection. But every single day we are united with Christ already in a bodily resurrection, and so the body was given over to death even back then. But all the way along, life is being preached both to the soul and to the body. So when when we say, "Hey, that don't don't worry, don't don't weep," that's not that's not Mary. 
Mary's soul is in heaven. Yes, true. That is still Mary. We're actually using these things incorrectly in order to bring comfort. Uh, but when we actually speak incorrect doctrine in order to bring comfort, we actually don't bring comfort. Not true comfort. We bring a f- no. Maybe we bring a fake comfort. Maybe a short-term high. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a short-term high that you're gonna have to wake up from sooner or later. Use Jesus' own words from there, and there's a whole different level of comfort. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. And then you have to have this really, you know, metaphysical conversation about where the soul is at this moment. You can talk about the body the same way you're talking about the soul. They rest from their labors with Jesus, who promises, "Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." She's just sleeping. She's going to wake up. That's why we're doing this. Because we want to talk about when she'll wake up. Because we want to talk about Jesus. And Yeah, and when we're talking about Mary, we're talking about Mary, uh, soul and body. Absolutely. That's, that's who and Mary is. It does no good, either alive or dead, to talk about these, these body and souls if they can be divorced from one another. In the same way that we can talk about, and here's where we can go back even a couple other articles, to the law and say it matters what you do because sin breaks stuff. Not just in your body, but sin wrecks your soul. Sin breaks your soul. The, the things that you do with your body have, have a, an effect, a spiritual effect. And the things that you do or don't do spiritually have an effect on your body as well. To be baptized is a physical act, right? It is. It carries a, it carries a spiritual consequence, though. It, it is to be united with Jesus in death and resurrection. The body and the soul are united. To talk about one is always to talk about the other. And if you want to try and quibble so that you can only talk about one but not talk about the other, admit to the fact that you're being intentionally disingenuous. You really are. You can't say, my soul is on fire for the Lord while my body is in the pit. You have to say, my soul is beaten up, but God seeks the lost. He gathers in the the sheep that wanders from the fold, laying it on his shoulders and carries it home. That's where my soul is. Not praising God, but being carried by God. So when when we say that's not Mary, when we uh, say all of these things, it's it's really our rational logic trying to, to make sense of the mysteries of our Lord that that can't make any sense to a rational logic, and yet we stand in them. We stand in the promises of God. It's uh, the the formula speaks of the the two, uh, or sorry, the two natures of Christ or the person of Christ uh, as being of all the doctrines uh, in Christianity. It is second only to the Trinity, and how utterly maddening and confusing it is to our rational logic because it it can't completely be understood even though we try and come up with all sorts of heresies while trying exactly so when we try to when we try to describe the trinity uh we get a number of different things that lead us completely away from the triune god and when we try to make complete and utter sense of the person of christ and the two natures uh, in such a way that every single thing is perfectly acceptable in our rational logic, we are going to be in heresy. We're going to be there with Zwingli uh, doing, like you said, doing crazy things like in communion, uh, Christ is present. Ish. Oh, great. Ish. Uh, His divinity is present. uh, And you, in your soul, will get to go up to heaven and uh, feast on on your lord 
So what you're saying is your body is far from Christ, but your body is the thing that's dying in sin right now. What? Why won't God help my body? Well, because we were we were able to divide Christ, so why couldn't we divide ourselves? Inevitably, that's what we have to do, right? We divide Christ uh, between divinity mm-hmm. and humanity, and in order to receive Him in communion, we have to divide ourselves from our uh, spiritual soul and our body. So that means that God cares about your soul, but not your body. It's no wonder that this kind of mindset is what leaves so many people to wonder why God has abandoned them down here. I mean, really, one day I'll go to heaven and my soul will be with God, but he doesn't care about this body, so why should I? That's awful. That's Gnostic. Jesus... That's Gnostic. That's saying that God doesn't care about the body when he became man and died and rose so that your body would rise. That's casting aside the whole person and work of Christ so that you can do what? What's that worth? It's worth nothing. It's pointless. It It drives me. It brings no comfort whatsoever. It's horrible. Sorry, God. No, go ahead. I don't know. I was going to lead us into Nestorius. Uh, but I wasn't going to use his name because nobody knows who that is. Right. I was actually going to kind of do this um, too. Hey, we're we're getting better. We at this. are. So, so um, let me just kind of then walk me through this, uh, Pastor, and tell me if I go astray. Um, before the incarnation, uh, before Christmas morning, before angels we have heard on high, and all of that jazz, the second person of the Trinity was, is, and always shall be the Son of God, and is God. Right? Absolutely. From eternity before, to eternity. Right. Before Christ was born of Mary, he was not man. Correct. All right. But then something happened. The Holy Spirit conceived in Mary that she would bear a child. And then God became man. Correct. Right there. So so, so Jesus is God and man. 100% both. Not 50-50, right? Yeah, I, I think, uh, not to be nitpicky, but I think the, the article makes makes sure to use Christ, right? Christ is both God and man. Christ Jesus Christ is, is both, both God, God and yes. man. Right, and so Jesus is the name given to the incarnate Christ. Yes. The incarnate second person of the Trinity. That's an important distinction. You're right, I messed that up. Thank you. Um, and then Jesus Christ, who is the Christ, was crucified, died, and was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. And that's where now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's still both God and man. Yes. And when he returns, he will be God and man. Yes. So I can't talk about the second person of the Trinity if he's only God anymore or as if he's only man. He is always both God and man. Yes. All right. So I take then this, this God, Jesus, because he is man and God. And I say then... Um, that his divinity and, and his humanity actually have something to do with one another. Yes. They have something in common. Maybe even, because we're just talking about it, they have communion with one another. Yes. Th- they're not commingled so that the divinity gets lost in the humanity or the humanity gets lost in... They're not like a mixed up, I don't know, milkshake? No, not a milkshake. Not a that's milkshake. Not a milkshake's horrible. That's a, that's and a, it doesn't... That's, no. Yeah, it's not good. No, the the uh, what the the formula uh, con- of Concord authors. What did they use? Like uh, honey and water yeah. to become something new. That's true. 
because they don't. Nobody knows what. Meat well, that's the whole point. Unless you go to Renaissance. That's theaters. the point. Like none of these, none of these people are gonna be like, hmm, I'm gonna go find me some meat. I made meat in my basement. Did you? I did. Was it good? It turned out all right. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think I've ever had real meat. It's sweet. Yeah. It's like wine, but stronger. Yeah. Lemonade. It's not lemon. It's not water. It's lemonade now. All right, so it's not then like lemonade where I can't sort of pick out the part that is the lemon and part that is the water and the part that is the sugar. It's all mixed together, and it's just a mess now, even if it's a delicious one. It, it, it still is Christ who is God and is man. And so that which is man affects that which is God so that God can die. And that which is God affects that which is man so that Jesus, who is hungry sometimes, can also still do unhuman like things like i don't know rise from the dead um, yeah well hold on hold on let's let's not uh r- just railroad through that because those are those are some big things especially that god yeah they're huge that, that god dead thing um god dead thing yeah because because that's kind of tough like when when you hear that mm. for the very first time uh when when you hear that god died right the son of i think the son of god's blood was shed for you and our 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 rational logic then wants to wants to go where we we want to we want to be with Zwingli we want to be with right. with this guy named Nestorius who said that there's two natures uh, and then there's two persons meaning that yeah when I talk about Christ and he died uh, obviously uh, the divinity didn't die for you because the divinity can't die and so it was just and only the humanity that died for you his human nature that died for you and that was it right right i think that's why so many of our people would struggle to say jesus is actually god it's because he died yeah and and exactly so so you do stand there and you say okay well wait a minute if if we are talking about these two natures completely and utterly separate from themselves and you can you could do this in an abstract sort of way right I can talk about divinity and humanity in an abstract sort of way. So when I'm doing this, they are two distinct different things. So divinity is not humanity. Humanity is not divinity. But when we're talking about Christ, I can talk about God is man and man is God. It's a very concrete and specific thing. Our problem is when we are talking about uh, the dead Christ on the cross... Our, our rational human logic wants to go to that abstract. And we want to say, okay, well, on the cross, uh, in, in that body there, uh, the only thing that really uh, stopped breathing and dying was, uh, was the human nature. That was it. God cannot die. And yes, from the abstract, you can say God cannot die. And yet, you sit there and say, but... In the person of Christ, there is both true God and true man in such a way that when Christ dies, Christ dies. You cannot divide him. You can't say his humanity died, but his, his godhood didn't. You're not allowed to do that. You're allowed to say Christ died. Right. We, we don't go picking at that too much, but it's, it's so tempting, um, not only because we want to understand it, but I think, honestly, the deepest fear that we have in all of this the thing that that drove Zwingli the, the thing that that drives us today is that we can't find God 
when we go looking for him. So much of this is just, where can I find God? Because we, we can't go so far as to say that Christ's human nature is locally extended to all places. We, we can't mean God is everywhere and say, I actually see Jesus here. That's why we invent stupid songs about him walking with me and talking with me. Because we want him to be, but we can't find him there. And we also really shouldn't even say that about his divine nature because the two natures have been um, united. They are in communion with one another so that God locates his divinity in a place where we can access it and find peace in it. God is where he promises to be. Start there. And then you don't have to wonder where God is. God is where he is promised to be. And then you can go back to the Lord's Supper and say, he promises to be in with and under bread and wine for me to eat and drink for the forgiveness of my sins. That means that when I look around today too, I still don't have to kind of struggle to, to deal with this philosophical uh, understanding of, of who Jesus is, I, I can say God is where he promised to be. And God is who he's promised to be. Yes, Christ is both God and man. And where uh, Christ is, where God has promised he will be there, the fullness of Christ is there. We're not at liberty to, to remove uh, one nature uh, or another. All that we could do is say, no, Christ is there because Christ promised. And in the person of Christ uh, is the two natures, are the two natures. <laughs> that's, that's, that's who it is. So in that way also, and this is a little bit of a tricky thing. Sometimes you'll hear, I even think in our, in our lectionary, uh, uh, if you look at our hymnals, there's this nice LSB, and you look to uh, the... Uh, it's a gorgeous maroon. It's a beautiful maroon. Uh, but you look at the, what is it, the festival, the feast? I always get those mixed up. What's the, which one's which? What's the difference between a festival and a feast? Well, you eat something on a feast. Well, yeah. You have, you have communion on a feast. You don't have a uh, communion on a festival? Well, that's that's why festival might not be the right, you know. There are festival days. Exactly. Um, but, well, we have communion on the important days. Uh, exactly. Okay, where is it? Um, it is going to be uh, the da, 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 the mother. Yes, August fifteenth. I think it's going to be the feast of Saint Mary, Mother of Our Lord. Mm. Right. And you sit there and you say, "Wonderful, Mother of Our Lord." There's nothing wrong with that, and I don't think there should be necessarily anything wrong with that, except that there is something necessarily wrong with that, because when you hear Mother of Our Lord, you can very, very, very easily just put that into what. The human nature. The human nature. Mother of our Lord Jesus in no. his human nature. But no, she is not that. She is Theotokos, which is Greek for? Mother, mother of God. Mother of God. She is mother of God. In the in the person of Christ, and again, this is, this is weird because I think we would be uh, at more liberty to say, perhaps, uh, that, okay, I, I can... I can at least say that God was born. I, I guess I don't have a huge problem with that. Uh, but I should because well, I should, it's weird. But uh, I'll, I'll say that before I say God died. Right there. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Which is weird because. Uh, if, yeah, the uncreated shouldn't have to be created. Yes. And, and we, should, we should not call Mary the mother of God. But she is. But she is. Because at the incarnation, at the moment of conception, the divine took upon himself human nature. And that is Christ. 
It's the two natures. So when Christ was born, Christ was born. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God the, with us. God with us. Yeah. N- not not God in heaven dropping down care packages yeah. or, or God everywhere, comma, man, but but God with us. Well, and this was and, and this is an important thing too, because like you said, not not uh, God dropping down care packages like he like he did. This might be a an irreverent way to say this, but like he did with the other prophets, right? So you get all the other prophets who were able to do uh, things that humans can't, right? So they can do these miraculous things, but it's not because they're God. It's because God is working through them. Through them. And, 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 and giving them the gifts to do this apart from their human nature. That's not the way that we speak about Christ. No. And so I can say then, for you to preach a sermon, God is with you. Um, Otherwise, I can't call you ordained. I can't say God has promised to bless these words. But at the same time, the way that that the two natures are joined is far more profound than that because you don't get all the glory and honor that is due God. You you just get to say God worked through you. I can say that the person of Jesus is worthy of all glory, laud, and honor because within him the fullness of the deity deigned to dwell. Yes. Which is also why when we can say that, that Christ is, is in us all, which he is, and yet uh, we, we, are, we would not uh, speak of ourselves in the same way as we should speak of Christ. Right? Because uh, it, bodily, uh, in, in this personal union, we've got uh, in the person of Christ, God and man. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. But it's an important thing. All right, so uh, Pastor Harrison, we've kind of been uh, running at breakneck speed here. Um, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't had uh, any good stories uh, to tell. I, well, I did have that. I had that joke. That was a good joke. I had the joke, but um, no, it was a really bad joke. But it was you, you, I, I got really disappointed in you. So I mean, <laughs> I guess by that standard, it was good. It accomplished exactly what I wanted it to accomplish. But like a word come down from heaven. Exactly. Well, no, I, uh, but yeah, worse. But, wor- but way worse. But way, way worse. In the exact same way, except not at all. So, <laughs> okay, so, but we've been running through this article, uh, and if you're still with us, you might be there at the end saying, so, so what? Like, what is this all about? Like, why right. is this so important? Uh, how do I talk to my uh, Calvinist or Baptist friends? Uh, and, and kind of explain why this is so important. And I think it all comes, uh, Pastor Harrison, you were talking a little bit, and maybe you want to uh, expound on this, and then I'll jump in a second. Because um, you were saying that uh, it's important because of where do we find God. Uh, explain a little bit more on that. Well, to, to just sort of say God is everywhere, uh, again, yields no comfort, um, and, and it adds answers no questions and for one is never how god has actually worked because he's always located himself it matters where you find god so that when i feel sinful when i'm guilty when i am dying when when i am scared i could actually find comfort for my troubled conscience and the god who promised to be somewhere i can actually locate him i know where god is he's in his body and blood i know where god is he's in the font he's in the word he's in the sermon he's in the church that's what we call the the church and that's why we build the bricks so that i know where to find God when I need him, right? It's got to be. That, that This is for the comfort. This is going back to that uh, one of the articles we talked about before, this law and gospel sort of thing, and the gospel is for the comfort. 
for for the 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 sinner. We should never be without the comfort of of God for us, but not just God for us in some random weird. Uh, mystical sort of way, but God for us in a real place where I can actually point to and say, that's him for me. And you, and you know how I know that? Because he said so. Christ said so. And not just, not just uh, one of his natures is there for me, but him completely, both God and man. Right. And the, the real issue then is if God isn't going to locate himself physically, can you ever say God is for you? Like if, if you can't interact with it, I can say God is, but I can't say God is for me unless I can receive from him. Um, the, the problem with, with sort of the God that exists in the ether is that there is never a for you in the ether. The for you has to somewhere meet flesh. It has to somewhere affect this world that, that we're in, in in a way that would either give you stuff for your idolatry, which is a bad way of doing things, or that would raise your body from the dead, which is a good way of doing things, or, or, or to give you preached word and sacrament that, that would, again, interact with you. A God who doesn't locate himself physically can never be the God that is for you. At best, it is the God who is. But the for you is the gospel. The for you is everything. Well, th- and think about what that means at the cross, right? Right. So when when you're going to the cross, and and we can we can just picture all of this right there, right? So you've got the two natures right there going to the cross, God with man the whole way, and then all of a sudden, uh, at the moment of the cross, uh, the God portion of Jesus uh, steps aside. The God portion of Jesus says, uh, "Okay." Now, uh, you pitiful man portion of me, uh, you're all that can die. Jesus is all that can die in man. Uh, and I'm going to step aside because uh, I'm God and I'm, I'm above this suffering sort of stuff. I'm not going to suffer for you. This man, this human nature is, but the, the divine nature isn't. So we divide Christ in that way. And we, we, uh, we speak of him in ways that scripture doesn't. Scripture never speaks of Christ uh, and, and trying to divide his, his natures. We speak of him as Christ, both God and man. Luther's got something. It might be a little bit of a long quote, but I think it's a, a really important thing. Uh, it comes from uh, the formula of, of, of Concord here. Uh, he says this, We Christians should know that if God is not in the scale to give it weight, we on our side sink to the ground. That's kind of confusing. He's going to explain what he means. He says, I mean it this way. If it cannot be said that God died for us, but only a man, we're lost. But if God's death, a dead God, lie in the balance, his side goes down and ours goes up like a light and empty scale. Yet he can also readily go up again or leap out of the scale. But he could not sit on the scale unless he became a man like us, so that it could be called God's dying, God's martyrdom, God's blood, and God's death. For God in his own nature cannot die. But now that God and man are united in one person, it is called God's death when the man dies, who is one substance or one person with God. It's God dying for us. It's man dying for us. It's Christ dying for us. And that means the world. That's everything. Yes. 
I got, yeah, I can't top that. So, um, on that note, you wanna you wanna ride us off into the sunset with a very timely uh, cultural reference. I don't have one today. I'm kind of mad okay. at myself. That's okay. Your sins are forgiven you because God died for you. That's so Raven. <laughs> All right, internet, we out. <laughs> <laughs>